Good morning, church. It's great to be in church with you this morning. It's great to be here to praise God. And I've got a word for you today that has been stirring up in my heart for a little while now. Hence, I need the lectern because I'm a standy-up preacher. And I'm praying that this message would just really land on you and stir you and encourage you this morning. So it starts with a story. We all love a story, don't we? And in our household, with my husband Dan and our two daughters, when we gather together after our days, we sit around the dinner table together and we start to discuss the stories of our day. And the girls often will tell us what's been going on at school and we will share what we've been up to. But they particularly like it when we talk about the stories of when we're little. They say, Dad and Mum, what did you used to play and what did you used to do when you were younger? So we will share the stories of the toys we played with, the things that we used to like to go and do with our friends, and we tell them the stories. And a few weeks back, it was hilarious on our part because the girls then said, have you got any recordings on your mobile phones of you as children of what you did? We then had to explain to them that we didn't have mobile phones when we were kids. We didn't have the ability to record in your handset what you'd been up to that day. And they were flabbergasted. They were like, but, but your mobile does everything, Mum. I mean, you can text your friends, you can go on TikTok, you've got YouTube, you've got access to the internet, you can phone people, you can pay for things on your phone. Why didn't you do that? Because they weren't invented back then. This was the days of Noah, don't forget people. So they weren't invented then. So we had to then explain to them what it was like for us that we did not have the technology at our fingertips like they did. Well, what about your phone, they said. Well, our phone was in the hallway and it was attached to the wall with a curly beige wire. Do you remember those handsets? So if you wanted to phone up your friends, you had to be in the middle of the hallway where everybody could hear your conversation. And then Amy said, but what about when you go out, went out to play? If you needed to phone your mum, what did you do? I said, well, there was something called a phone box, a red phone box, and you had your 10p piece, and you had to put that in there and dial your home number to speak to your mum and ask for a lift home. But on occasion, and I will admit this now, people, I used to spend that 10p on the 10p pick and mix in the local post office, so I would then have to go to the phone box and reverse the charges. I'd have to connect to the operator and say, could you reverse the charges to my home number? So my mum and dad would then be paying for another phone call. But when we told them this, they were just astounded because life is so different for them. Because of the mobile phone, they have access to everything. And they have learned, as long as with all of us, that unless you charge your mobile phone up, you do not have access. Unless you plug it into the power source, it's useless, it's dead as a dodo, and you cannot use it. And so, the same is true for us as Christians, and I want to unpack this in the message today, that we need to be connected to the power source, which is God. And we are connected to Almighty God through prayer. But just stop for a second, because I just want to remind you of something. Almighty God, creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke into existence all that we see and the planet that we live on. He wants a personal, one-to-one -one relationship with you. He wants to be so involved in your life. He wants you to come to him with all kinds of requests, to include him in every aspect of your life. He yearns for relationship with you. And that happens through prayer. Does that not blow your mind? Because it does mine. Of all the billions of people on this planet that he chooses to come close 
and want to be in my presence. And then I have a choice to say, I will move into his presence. And we do that through prayer. You know, prayer is not a monologue of us offloading all of our things to God, but it's a dialogue. And God, through the power of prayer, wants to speak into your life and into my life. He wants communication with us. He wants to be constantly connected to us. So I'm going to unpack some of this in the message this morning. So as you've guessed, I'm looking at prayer this morning. Now, prayer is such a huge topic. We could be here all week, people. We could do conference after conference and seminar after seminar on prayer and the power of prayer and how to pray. But in the time I have this morning, my prayer and my heart's desire is to stir you up in your prayer life. Whether you are a seasoned prayer or whether you never come to God in prayer, my prayer is that from this message today, you would have a new stirring up within you to want to be in the presence of God, to want to connect to the power source, to want to say, I want to be with you, God, because I want to speak to you and I want to hear your voice. So you're ready for the journey of this this morning. So first of all, we are called to pray. If we're a Christ follower, we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. We're on this journey with him. Our communication with God through the power of the Holy Spirit is in the place of prayer. And we are called to pray. I'm going to look at two verses. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And straight into Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Both these verses are asking us and directing us to be in prayer with God continually, to have that open conversation with God. You know, often we can set aside a prayer time that this will be my prayer time, and that's great. But I want to talk about having an open relationship with God, where 24-7 we have access to the presence of God, and we can continually talk to him about our lives, about the lives of others, about the life of our town, our nation, that we have that continuing conversation with God. And you know, God wants us to pray to him. It says there, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, give your petitions and your prayers unto a God who cares for your life. You know, when we pray, we get guidance and direction from God on our lives. When we pray, God helps us understand his word. He gives us revelation. When we pray, it's a shield against fear and anxiety and worry because it reminds us that God is in control. When we pray, we and access the whole of heaven and God's power into our lives to make a difference. When we ask God to intervene in our lives and in the lives of people in our world, 
God does that. He answers our prayers and he hears us. And when we pray, we expect to hear answers from God. It's like a continuous conversation. You know, imagine if you spent um, the day with your husband, your wife, your friend, a work colleague, and you said to them at the beginning of the day, between the hours of nine and five, I'm going to speak to you from 10 until 10 past 10. But the rest of the day, we'll be in the same room together, but I'm not going to talk to you. That would be just weird. But we do that with God. Yet he is with us all the time. And we can be washing up and we can open up a conversation of prayer. We can be on our way to work. We can be out with friends, looking after our children. But we have that access 24-7 because of Jesus into the presence of God. And it's our choice whether we connect to the power source. And it's our choice to come to God with all kinds of prayers and requests and just to be in his presence, just to say, God, I love you. I just want to spend time with you. Thank you for all that you've done for me. Prayer is so powerful. Prayer is a powerful weapon. Prayer precedes every breakthrough. Prayer is that conversation between us and God connecting us. And just it's just so amazing. And I want to encourage you today, whatever your prayer life is like, there's always more if you choose to step in. Our prayers are effective. If we look at James 5 verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So your prayers are powerful and effective because you've been made right with God through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. You are in right standing, in right relationship with Almighty God. And therefore, what you ask for in prayer is powerful and effective. When you ask for things to change in situations, it's powerful and effective. When you believe God for that feeling of healing and you pray with faith in your heart, you know that God is all possible of stepping into that, that health issue and healing that person or healing you or that situation. And, you know, I felt stirred up when I was doing this message of the testimonies that we have in this church over the last 16 years of answered prayer in our individual lives and corporately together. There's been so many answers to prayer. How many times have we been in a situation where we've needed a new building and we've prayed and God has opened the doors of a new building? How many times have we prayed for people who've been ill and we have seen them made well? How many times have people been struggling in their mental health and we've stepped in as a church and we've prayed and we have seen radical transformation in the minds of people? You know, these need celebrating church. We need to celebrate this morning and thank God for answered prayer. There has been broken addictions where people have been bound for years and God has set them free because a group of people decided to pray. There are babies in our church who are miracle babies, who doctors said that that couldn't be possible for that baby to be born healthy. And yet here they are in our church because people stepped in and prayed. There are people in jobs that they shouldn't be qualified for, but because they prayed God has positioned them. There is salvation that has come to households where people said, I don't think they could ever be saved. But once somebody prayed and they prayed and they kept praying and then salvation came to that household because God stepped in and he answers prayers. You see, I want to stir you up this morning, church, that prayer is not just something that is an emergency number on our phone of when we're going through something, but prayer is a continuous conversation 
conversation with God and we need to step in and keep praying for situations, for people, for towns, for nations, because prayer is powerful and effective when we pray to Almighty God. So I want to stir you this morning. You know, do you know that God actually wants to answer your prayers and God wants to reveal secrets to you, but you have to step in to the secret place, to the place of prayer in order for him to reveal these. You know, it's very clearly written in Jeremiah 33, verse 3. God speaking, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. He wants to reveal things to us, but are we listening to him? Are we coming into that place of prayer? And yes, giving him our requests. Yes, giving over our concerns. Yes, praying for breakthrough for that person, being in that place of prayer, but then waiting and expecting him to answer. Waiting and knowing that he will speak to our hearts in that heart connection between us, his kids, and our dad, that he will reveal stuff to us, that he'll reveal secrets to us. He will give us so much when we come into that place of prayer. Prayer needs to be a priority in our lives. Prayer is a necessity. Do you know, I don't know many adults that could leave their phone not charged up for two, three days and say, oh, well, don't worry, I'll come back to it when I, you know, I'll need it a bit later on. It's okay. It's not that urgent. I don't need it. No, because that's the connection with the outside world, the online banking, the texts, the WhatsApps, the internet, the news, the social media. It's all at hand. And yet so often as Christians, we can go for days without connecting to our one true God, without connecting to the creator of heaven and earth who has a personal message for us. But we don't see that as necessary as scrolling through social media or checking, has somebody liked my post? Yet we have connection and communication with Almighty God and we need to make it a priority. It should be from the moment we wake up, God, I give you this day and open our hearts to prayer and open our hearts to his direction on our lives. He wants to love on us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to fill us afresh. And we come to him in that presence of prayer. The Bible tells us to pray in faith. We need to pray bold, faith-filled prayers. Mark 11 verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus speaking, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. But so often, and I'm talking to myself here, we can come to God with prayers like, oh God, well, if you're able to, or if you're just willing to, or, or if you could make this a way through this situation, or if you could just do it like this. And we come with that, God, you are God and I am not. I have this situation going on and it's out of my hands, it's in yours and I trust you and I pray for breakthrough and I believe for a better outcome in my situation. That's praying with faith. That's praying with assurance of knowing that God is able to do something in our immovable situations. You know, a famous quote by John Wesley, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. 
So when we pray and when we come to God with our requests, with our concerns, with the things that we want to talk to him about, we need to pray in faith, in believing that God has the answers that we have. And they don't always come how we imagine in our minds because God is so much greater and his ways are so much bigger and amazing than our ways of thinking. But we need to come to him with a heart that says, I believe you are God and I have put my faith and my trust and my hope in you. And even on that verse, I love the way that it says, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. I believe that God has asked us to co-labor with him and partner with him in prayer to change nations. You know, your prayer can be a prayer that changes nations, that changes cities, that changes situations. And sometimes we think, well, little old me, my prayer? Yes, because when it's a prayer for faith, of faith, and we stir it up in our hearts to pray to a God who can move things, who can shift things, who can change things, all through the word of God, we have accounts of men and women who prayed and things happened. And we are the same today, that as we pray, it proceeds the breakthrough. As we pray and trust God and put our faith and our hope in Almighty God, we should expect to see situations change. And as I shared our testimonies, we have seen situations change. But what about for tomorrow? What about for next week? What are you believing for? Are we saying thank you God for the testimonies and do it again? Are we prophesying for breakthroughs in people's finances, for breakthroughs of salvation, for that person that has been praying for their husband for year after year after year after year. Perhaps this is the year in 2021 when they give their heart to Jesus. Let's never give up praying. Let's pray bold, faith-filled prayers. God is never going to say, oh dear, you've asked for too much there. But I think he's like smiles at us when we ask for the outrageous prayer, when we ask for the biggest breakthrough, when we ask for the miraculous, because he's saying, yes, come on, my people who are faith-filled. So I want to stir you up in that prayer prayer today. The other aspect of prayer I want to look at is intercession. And you know, we have the power of um, to pray and intercede on behalf of someone else. And this means that we pray for someone else. I don't know if you've ever had this, I'm sure you have, where you're just getting on with your day, you're doing whatever's normal for you, and somebody's face just pops into your head. Family member, someone at work, somebody from church. And when that happens, I've always known that I should pray for that person. And so often I've just gone into one and really prayed, not known what is going on in that person's life at that moment. But I've known that God has put that in my mind, their face, for me to intercede and pray on their behalf. And sometimes you never know the outcome of that. But sometimes you do. And sometimes I've felt compelled to text that person and say, just had you on my mind, just felt to pray. And then they're like, wow, you were praying just at a moment when stuff was going off in my life and I just really needed God to intervene and I could feel those prayers, I could feel the weight of heaven. Or they will tell you that they're going through something and that you've prayed and it's just supported them and encouraged and helped them. That's intercession. And we are called to intercede. We are called to pray on behalf of other people. We're called to intercede for towns, for nations, for churches, for people. That's what we're called to do, that we can pray on behalf of someone else. Isn't that amazing? You could be praying for somebody on the other side of the world, but because your prayer is powerful and effective, it causes God's hand to move. It causes his heart to well up and have compassion on that person. And he's a God who will bring breakthrough through and change in that situation. It's amazing that we have the power of intercession. 
You know, we have been given from some very specific keys to use in our prayer life. And I'm going to share with these with you in Matthew 16, verse 19. Jesus speaking. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. Church, we have the authority to bring heaven to earth. We have the authority to bind up what we see at work on the earth in people's lives. And we have the authority to loose what is in heaven. So when we see people bound in sickness, we can loose the health of heaven over people. When we see people are going through a terrible time of lack, we can pray for the provision of heaven to be released into their lives. We can bind up the works of the enemy and loose the power of God over our cities, over our nations, over people in this town. We have the power to bind and loose. We are the church. We are the A plan. We are those that are called to have connection with God on behalf of those who don't yet know him. We are called to stand in the gap and to pray for salvation in our town. I want to stir you up that intercession works and prayer works. I have an illustration of this in the book of Exodus through Moses. Now, as many of you will know the story that Moses is leading the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land. They were slaves in Egypt and they're on a journey of becoming free and going through to the promised land. And it's an amazing account. I encourage you to read it in Exodus. There's so much meat on the bones in that book. But there's particularly a little section that I want to share with you this morning. And what's happened is Moses is in the presence of God all the time. He's got open conversation with God. He's hearing God on behalf of the people. He's the leader of these people. And he has gone up the mountain and he's going, it's at the point where he's going to get the Ten Commandments, the law that would bring boundaries and bring help and freedom for the people. And he's about to bring down the Ten Commandments. And meanwhile, while he's been gone, he's been gone for a while. And these Israelites that have been brought out of Egypt, they've been on a journey of trusting God, the I Am, Jehovah. And on this journey, it's all going ups and downs, as you know the story. And at this point, when Moses goes up the mountain, they're waiting down um, on, the, on the hillside and they are impatient. They're like, well, where's Moses? He's been gone for so long. So they revert back to their old tactics and their old ways are to do idol worship. So they melt down all their jewelry and they build a nice golden calf and they decide to worship that instead of God, the God who's taken them out of slavery and on this journey. And so they revert back and God knows that this has happened and he's on the mountain with Moses and he has said to Moses, these people are wicked. They've gone back to their wicked ways. I will destroy them and I will wipe them off the face of the earth. But Moses stepped in, in a place of intercession. And this is what happened. I want to read it to you in Exodus 32 verses 11 to 14. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abram, Isaac and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them and it will be their inheritance forever. 
Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Moses' intercession on behalf of the people, of going to God and saying, God, do you need to destroy them? God, will you relent from your anger? Caused God to relent from his anger. And I had to look up the meaning of the word relent. And it meant that God abandoned the severity of what he would do because of Moses' intercession. He relented. He turned around from it. He said, okay. Moses interceded. Moses begged for the lives of those people and said, come on, will you give them another chance? And look what God did. Because that intercession prayer changed situations. It changed the heart of God. And he turned around because he's a loving God who wants to see people saved and set free. And so it changed his mind. And he gave them another chance because of the intercession of Moses. You know, I want to ask us this morning that as a people that are based in this town in Colchester, when was the last time you prayed for God to intercede for the people of Colchester, for those who don't yet know him? When was the last time that your heart burned with pain for the people in this town that walk around without the knowledge of a God who loves them and who wants to save them? Because I want to stir us up this morning, church, that we need to pray beyond what's on our prayer list. And we need to look at the people around us who need salvation. We need to look at the people that are around us who are so confused about what has gone on in this past year and a half and are looking for the answer. And we need to get a burden within us to keep praying for our town. Because believe me, when the churches start praying for the town, we will see a shift. When the churches unite their hearts together, to pray for a different outcome from the people in this town, stuff will happen because God hears our prayer and his heart is moved towards people and his heart is for salvation. His heart is that none should perish, that all should have salvation and eternity with him. So I want to stir you, will you be the intercessor? Will you be the intercessor on behalf of this town or the town that you live in to bring about change? Because prayer works, prayer precedes the breakthrough. And so I want to look at a corporate prayer. I've looked there at individual prayer and intercession prayer. And I want to look at corporate prayer. And I want to have a little bit of fun with this. Because the announcement is made. The prayer meeting is happening this week. And for some people, it fills their hearts with joy. Yes, it's the prayer meeting. I cannot wait to get there. But for other people, it fills their hearts with dread. And they say, oh, the prayer meeting. I can't wait to make my excuses. Now, come on, people, we're going to be honest this morning. We are honest in the house of God about how we perhaps can feel about corporate prayer. And you can speak to all different church leaders, but the majority of churches, the prayer meeting is the least attended meeting. And I want to question, why is that? Because if prayer is our communication with God, and if when we pray together, there's unity in our communication with God, It should be the most attended meeting. It should be the meeting that people cannot wait to get to because prayer brings a breakthrough. We see the miracles. We see the outpouring. We feel the presence of God. That's where it's at with prayer. But why is it that people are like, oh no, corporate prayer? So I've looked at a few things this morning to share with you. I think what happens is, it's because we make it about ourselves and not about God. Because the first thing is, I can't go to that prayer meeting because I can't pray like so-and-so. What will I say? How will I get the words out? Oh no, we become very inward looking at ourselves rather than actually, even if I just utter 
God, help us tonight is enough because I've prayed and connected with God. But we do that. We look at ourselves and think, oh, no, I'm inadequate in this situation to pray. Maybe it's past experiences. Maybe we've gone and we've thought, oh, no, it's the obligatory circle, the circle of prayer. No matter how much you try to beat that, you will always end up in a prayer meeting in a circle of prayer. And you think, oh, no, maybe it's that fear as we go around the circle. I am next to pray and we don't want to pray. Maybe it's because we've been put off by the person who has prayed the whole book of Isaiah. And by the end of it, we're like, how did they recite the whole book of Isaiah? And we're put off. Maybe it's the awkward silence. Somebody prays and there's two seconds. There's three seconds, four seconds. You get up to 10 seconds. And then I call this person the prayer filler. Somebody will step in and become the prayer filler. They cannot bear the awkwardness of the silence. And so they suddenly will pray something completely random and unrelated to the rest of the meeting. But they're filling the gap, the prayer filler. Come on, you may have been that person. We all have experienced the prayer filler. But maybe the silence, the void, the moment was when God wanted to speak back. You see, sometimes I think in prayer, we've made it about ourselves. And yet, it's all about God. And I have had these experiences in the past of going into prayer. I remember many years ago now that I would go to those prayer meetings and I would be in the circle and I would stand there and my heart would be beating so fast. My hands would be getting sweaty. I knew that any minute now I would be asked to pray. And I thought, how can I pray in front of these people? I'm inadequate to pray. What will my prayer sound like? What if I get it wrong? What if I make a mistake? What if I quote a passage of scripture that's completely wrong and you try to talk yourself out of it? I remember one of the first times that I prayed out loud, I'd worked it all out in my head. We do that, don't we? We think how we're going to open our line, how we're going to get into pray. And I started to pray. And of course, I got it all wrong, had the wrong set of teeth in, and it came up like complete blurb. And I went bright red and thought, oh, pants. But I prayed. (laughs) I'd stepped out and did it. And I kept challenging myself at the meetings just to step out. I kept saying, okay, come on. You pray with God on your own so you can pray in front of people. Because actually, when they hear your heartbeat and you hear their heartbeat, there's that connection to God's heartbeat and something happens. So I thought, okay, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to try and pray out. So I came to another prayer meeting, same thing. Tacky mouth, sweaty hands, bright red face. But I thought, I'm going to do it. God, if you prompt me, I'm going to do it. And at that moment, we were praying for the healing of a lady who'd had some terrible stomach issues, and we were praying for her. And I really felt God had put on my heart um, something to share. But I was so scared. I was like, I nearly didn't say it. And I thought, oh, God, I can't do it. No, I can't say it. So I had my eyes shut. And then there was mum to me, Linda to you. She prompted me. She said, have you got something? And I knew at that moment, God had prompted her to prompt me. And so I knew I had to say yes. So before I could say no, I said yes. So she said, go on. She encouraged me. She drew out what God had put in me. And then my heart was going again. And I thought, how do I say it? But God had, had told me to say this. So I just said um, to this lady, and there's a group of us praying for her. I just said, I, I just feel that maybe in the past you had an operation And when you had the operation, um, a doctor or a surgeon said over you, oh, she will always have trouble with this. And I said it, and I stood back and thought, oh, I'm as red as anything, but I've done it. And in that moment, she said, oh, my word. She said, I remember it now. She said, that's exactly what happened. Many years ago, I had an operation. 
I know I was under anesthetic, but yes, I can remember. I clearly heard it and you could see that it was something that had actually happened to her. Well, can you imagine what my level of faith went like? And can you imagine what her level of faith went like? And then we prayed and we bound up that curse that had been put over her and we loosed heaven over her. And do you know what? She was healed. And the thing is, I nearly didn't say it because of my pride of thinking I'm going to look stupid. But it's not about me. It's about hearing his voice. And it was about praying out. And from that day, I just grew in confidence and grew in strength. And I'm so grateful to mum that she actually said, come on. And I want to encourage you. Are you going to encourage someone else to speak out? Are you going to encourage a prayer that's on someone's heart? Because so often after a prayer meeting or a connect group, I'll get a text from someone. Oh, I had a word or a picture or I felt like this for so-and-so, but I didn't know whether to say it. And yet it was the key for their breakthrough. So I would encourage you. Just say it as the Holy Spirit gives you words, gives you pictures, shows you something, prompts you to pray. Just do it, even if you're afraid, because it brings amazing breakthrough. And, you know, I love corporate prayer. I love it. For many years, we ran dynamic in church and it was just such an amazing time because you go to these meetings and you just go before God and you say, God, we want to hear you tonight. We want to pray what's on your heart. And we want to see things change. And the amount of times I've been in those meetings and I've come with a word or a picture and then someone else has brought something so similar. I've come with something on my heart to share and then someone else says, God has spoken that to me today. The times we've been in those meetings and we've prayed for the sick and we've seen them healed. The times we've been in those meetings and we've started to pray for Colchester or our nation or for our government or for a situation. We've started to pray. We've started to intercede. We've started to really get into this place of prayer. And then suddenly there's that tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. That heaviness just lands on the group as you're praying. It's that kabod, that weighty presence of God. And in that moment, you can't actually speak. In that moment, you're almost just, God, you're here. God, you've come down. God, we have your ear. God, you're attentive to what we're praying tonight. And you're just like, wow. And you're just always amazed that he shows up. But when we draw near in that place of prayer, when we get into his presence, of course, he shows up. The things that we would pray for and experience the breakthroughs that would happen we'd pray for somebody with a, a terrible situation going on and the next day we would get God has broken through this has happened God has turned it around it has been incredible and then when prayers move to zoom with the prayer meeting and then with our connect groups you see God is not like oh dear this is on zoom I can't work because God can work through every channel and airwave and that's what we've seen that's been our testimony we've prayed for people in our connect group who were so ill and the next day they're like miraculously I've slept and I feel amazing God has healed me that is the power of prayer God is not limited whether it's on zoom or it's in person and so I want to encourage you you see when we pray together in unity when we're there in one accord to worship God to pray to ask him for his intervention to pray what's on his heart to pray into salvation where there is unity God commands a blessing and he hears and answers our prayers I was stirred recently, about a month ago, I listened to a message by Pastor Bill Johnson, and he is the lead pastor of Bethel Church in California, America. And Bethel Church is so known for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You can look it up for yourself. They have had the most incredible 
encounters where God has moved in situations, in miracles, in healings, in breakthroughs. There's something on their worship, on the songs that they produce. If you ever watch one of their meetings, you can just feel the tangible presence of God. There's just been a, a whole history of stuff in that church. And their pastor, Bill Johnson, is an amazing man. And he he gave this message as part of his preach, as I say, about a month ago. And it really moved me because he was talking about their prayer meeting and how their prayer meeting was birthed many, many years ago. And he said, you know what we did? He said, we set the prayer meeting at 11 p.m. at night. So I was listening to this as I was getting on with something at home and I was like, whoa, 11 p.m. at night. I mean, how does that work? And practical Sarah comes out, you know, how does that work for work the next day? People have got children at home. It's 11 p.m. at night. People are winding down. Perhaps they're going to bed 11 p.m. at night. And I was like flabbergasted. And then he went on to explain. He said, we set that prayer meeting at 11 p.m. at night because we knew that the only people that would come and attend that meeting would be the hungry and desperate people ready to pray and want to experience the presence of God. Because who would want to come out at that time, really? But we knew there would be such a hunger and a presence to have connection with the Father and to be in that place of prayer, that that's why we did it. And of course, all those years ago when they did it, the people that came then experienced such an encounter of the presence of God that it started to flow out of that prayer meeting and into the church and into the city. They had so many stories of the miraculous power and move of God that it was just incredible. And he said, and it started in those 11 p.m. prayer meetings. And as he was preaching, he then filled up because he said, but God has put on my heart that we need to get back to that place of prayer. Even with all the things that they have seen in their church and the, the testimonies and the miracles and the amazing outpouring, he said, but we've got to get back to that place of prayer. And it stuck with me because I had felt in my heart for a, quite a while now that actually the church and us as individuals need to get back to that place of prayer. We need to be in that place where we're just coming into God's presence to pray, to hear him, to pray and bring breakthrough, to ask him for help and healing, to be in that place of prayer. We need to be in that place, that position of prayer, in that stance of prayer 24-7 together, corporately and on our own, that we need to get back to that place of prayer. And so that stirred within me, and that's why I'm sharing it today. And it might ruffle your feathers a bit today, because you might say, well, I'm not a prayer. I'll leave that to the prayers, but you are called to pray. You are called to be a prayer person. You are called to be an intercessor. You are called to prayer. 2 Chronicles 7, verses 14 to 15. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And that's our way in people. Our way in to get more into prayer is to humble ourselves. You are God and I'm not. And I will come into that position of prayer. 
And maybe it doesn't physically need to be back on our knees, although I think, wow, God, I want to see that again when we're on our knees in your presence. But maybe we need to humble our hearts and humble ourselves and literally be on our knees and say, God, you are God, I'm not, I'm here to pray. How do you want me to pray? need to turn from our wicked ways, turn from the sin that has maybe just crept into our lives. Maybe that's why we don't pray, because we think there's a barrier between us and God. But God is saying, just confess it and then get rid of it and turn from it and move on and get into my presence again. We then position ourselves for God to be attentive, to hear and see and intervene. His ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Wherever you are, wherever you're praying in your home, on Zoom, one day together again, God is attentive to the prayers that are prayed in your place, in that place. God wants to hear your prayers. God wants to move miraculously in your prayer life. God has the answers. And guys, as we cause ourselves to come into that place of prayer, to say, God, I'm humbling myself again. I want to pray. I want to be a praying church. I want to be part of a praying church. I want to see you move because of my prayers, that we have the assurance that when we pray in faith, that God will answer. So my question is to leave you with this this morning, is are you willing to get back to prayer? Are you willing to give it another go? Are you willing to say, okay, this is how I pray now, but God, I want to pray some more because I want to tell you, you have his attention when you pray and you're in his presence. So I would love to pray for you now. Lord God, I want to thank you for this morning. Father, I want to pray that you would stir your people to that place of prayer, that you would take out of this message what people need to hear this morning, Lord God, that they would hear you calling them to that place of intimacy, calling them to that place of prayer, that they would know that you are ready to hear their voice and that you are ready to speak to them afresh this morning that our prayers are powerful and effective, that you call us into that place of intimacy where you're calling us deeper into your presence. So I pray in Jesus' name that you would stir hearts this morning into that place of prayer. And I also want to give opportunity this morning. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never embarked on a, on a lifetime of adventure with the presence of God. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus this morning, I'd love to pray with you. Father God, I want to thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you that he died in my place, that he's covered all of my sins, that I now choose to say goodbye to my old life and to step into a new relationship with you. And I will journey this with you all my days. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that this morning, please let us know because we'd love to journey with you. So I hope this has stirred you this morning. I hope you go into a deeper place of intimacy in prayer. And I'd love to hand back now to the worship team. Thank you. If you said yes to Jesus today, we are celebrating with you. We would love to pray with you and send you a Bible and some resources to get you started on your faith journey. Please go to equippers.co.uk forward slash I said yes 
or follow the link in the chat box so we can get in touch.